Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. We're a book club for games. And today we are. Today we're going to talk about Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. So this was a listener suggestion from Lost Levels Lad, which is an amazingly coincidental name. <laughs> this is a visual novel game released in July 2017 on PC, October 2018 on PS4, and July 2019 on Switch. Made by Game Grumps, which is a YouTube channel that I know next to nothing about other than that it exists. Like, I, I have heard of them, but... I've never really watched them. And it's a game about dating dads. Yeah. I don't know how to put it. It's a dating simulator about dads. And also putting yourself in awkward social situations, I feel. Which seems quite fitting for the current climate. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what to expect from this game. I thought it might literally just be a dating simulator in the hentai porn game sense. But actually, I should have known better because obviously it's on Steam and everyone talks about how great it is. So, yeah, it's more of a social situations relationship, heartwarming visual novel rather than a throbbing, sweaty, adults only (laughs) thing. You made reference to Steam. Steam is full of this kind of... Steam is full of dodgy visual novels now. That's the thing. Like, when did that happen, right? Like, for a while, everyone was complaining that Steam was, like, being really puritanical. Like, you can have ultra-violence, but you can't show a nipple, right? And then now you can just show whatever you like on Steam, it seems. So, what's your experience with visual novels? Let's start there. I was trying to think, through like what is a visual novel what have i played that is a visual novel because you know to begin with not many sprung to mind and then i realized like oh is phoenix Wright a visual novel because i've played phoenix Wright ace attorney in fact i've played most of the phoenix Wright series games so if they count as visual novels i've played those i really enjoyed those i actually have played some dodgy hentai dating simulator game once I can't remember the name. It was some weird Japanese one. Accidentally? As in you didn't know what you were getting yourself in for or intentionally for some good reason, I'm sure. Well, it was like a long time ago. Do you remember Home of the Underdogs? No. There was some gaming site called Home of the Underdogs, which was all about really obscure games. And so I used to like this site and read about 
really obscure games. And I think on there, there was like, hey, in Japan, they make dodgy like porno games. And here's one that happened to you translated into English. And so I played it. It was a simpler time. Okay. You know, like this, this predates Steam. Like it's a long time ago. It's in the early 2000s. So this was more because you're a game snob rather than... It, it was definitely a game snob thing, yeah. This was li- literally yeah. a website all about, like, here are games that, like, an erudite gamer would have played. I say erudite. It's more <laughs> like, oh, you call yourself an indie gamer? Haven't you played, like, Throbbing Busty Maids 7? <laughs> or, or whatever it was. Sorry, anyway. I'm trying to think <laughs> of other visual novels I've played. <laughs> Hatterful Boyfriend. I mean, I haven't actually played it. I just watched a few Let's Plays. That that game is hilarious. In fact, I think Hatterful Boyfriend is one of the inspirations for this game. Hatterful Boyfriend being the pigeon dating simulator. You? Any visual novels? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's a hard no. Oh, Eliza. Eliza is surely a visual novel. Oh, yes, sorry. It's funny that it took me so long to, to get there as well, mentally. I was like, hang on a minute, didn't we play one for the podcast? Eliza is definitely a visual novel. And it's a really good one. Yeah, so I think a visual novel, the clue should be in the name. I suppose it's just about telling a good story, potentially. But this one is more systematic, right? Like, Eliza... Eliza didn't have any like long running decisions. It was more just like a, here's a tree and you're going through the branches of the tree and at the end you'll end up somewhere. But there wasn't any, there weren't any decisions that you made really early in the game that affected where you ended up at the end. Right. Like every branch in Eliza collapsed down to the same point by the end of the chapter. Whereas in this you say things, you make decisions, the game remembers it and brings it up later. Like, what do you decide to call the banana bread in the cafe at the very beginning of the game? Right said banana bread for me. How about you? What are the options? I've forgotten now. <laughs> the Grateful Banana Bread, as a pun on The Grateful Dead. Uh, there was another one, I can't remember it. I, I just remember I picked Right said banana bread. because i'm too sexy for my baked goods i would have gone with the grateful bread i wouldn't have gone with your choice no but it's a gay dad dating simulator i'm sorry i clearly picked a superior choice i like to be subtle unlike this game where when you make a good choice you get a burst of hearts and when you make a great choice you get a burst of hearts aubergine and like spurting wet emojis i didn't get many of those you didn't get many of those oh i just got like drenched i was just like (laughs) covered in fine yeah it's very in your face just getting prodded with aubergines it's not really it's quite subtle (laughs) apart from that graphic still the game remembers your choices have weight so you mentioned Eliza and there was a flowchart that you had. I, I I wanted to find the same thing for Dream Daddy, but I couldn't find a flowchart and therefore I didn't know how much freedom there was really. 
Yeah, I got to admit, I also looked for a flowchart. Like I was, I was expecting to find just on the wiki or as a Steam guide, you know, like a complete deconstruction of the game, like we were able to find for Eliza. But actually, there wasn't very much, surprisingly. So I don't know exactly how the game works. I don't know exactly how it's keeping score. But I think structurally, it's pretty simple. Like, there's a section at the start of the game where you just have to go through it. You know, you move house, Amanda has a sleepover, and you go out to a bar. Then there's the barbecue, and then you get dad book. And that's when, like, you can start choosing to go on dates. And then interspersed between the dates you'll get instant message conversations on dad book from other dads and then you get these little vignettes that are not dates that you can go on but they're optional i think they're optional i'm pretty sure you can just ignore them though i didn't ignore them i went on all of them same yeah but i think if you don't click on them and you just choose to go on another date that's fine too and you know Although I mentioned like long-term consequences, I'm not sure how long-term they really are. Like, I don't know if you really screw up on the first two dates, but then ace the third date. Do you get the good ending or is your overall score with that dad still below the threshold and you get the bad ending? You know, I actually don't know that. Nor do I. And no one seemed to, from the sites I checked, no one had deconstructed that. Yeah. So, you know, there's still room for us to write our definitive Dream Daddy dating guide. Or not. And we don't know how... I mean, it's not just the dads. You've also got a daughter that you develop a relationship with and you get a score at the end of as well. Yeah, like the Amanda stuff is definitely tracking things long term. Like that's definitely the result of more than one decision. At least I believe that to be the case. So I, you know, I don't think it's just like make one right decision at the end and then you get the good dad achievement or world's best dad achievement with Amanda. I do think there's several events throughout the game where you have to make good choices to get the good ending for Amanda. You basically just have to be a supportive father and not some weird authoritarian jerkbag. Mike, did you play this game to win? Did I play this game to win? Uh, I may have used a guide. <laughs> I I actually, I did the first couple of dates, just whatever. But after actually the first couple of dads, I did just start looking at a guide to help me pick the right options. Honestly. Although, I mean, that's not always the case. I did wing it as well and did okay. But yeah, for some for some of the things, I definitely used a guide. Like, we'll, we'll get to it later, but like picking the dance moves for Joseph, for example. Necessary. Necessary. So something that caught me off guard with the minigames. The first one is the, the Brian one, right? Well, I'm classifying this as a minigame. I actually don't think the game does, because there's a minigames option on like the title screen menu, and it doesn't appear in that. But I'm considering this a mini game. So yeah, there's the Pokemon brag battle with Brian. It's totally a mini game. Yeah, I really liked this. Like I, I thought, I thought this was great. It, you know what? I guess it's kind of like 
the brag battle in Chinese Parents, but it's just it's just done way better, right? Although, can you win? I totally lost. Did you win? I I totally lost. I totally lost, and then I actually, I actually for other reasons we'll get to started the game again, and with my superior knowledge of the game, still lost. To be honest, <laughs> so I have I have not I have no idea if you can beat Brian in this mini game, but yeah, I lost twice. It was too fun losing, so I was okay with that. I was totally happy losing. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but with the other mini games, I had no idea what was happening. I really wanted button prompts. I didn't have any. I didn't know if I was doing well or I was doing badly. How did you feel about them? I, I liked these mini games. I was surprised, like because they're just so jarring. Like they come out of nowhere. You know, they're they're really different to the rest of the game, and yeah, some of them are quite fun, right? Like the battling through the dance floor, or there's there's a match three one. There's basically like bejeweled but with fish. But you you are right though. They can be very obtuse. Like there is no tutorial. There is no like controls guide. It's literally like, boom, do this thing. Good luck. And you're like, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just going to guess. And so for some of them, like match three fish, it's pretty obvious what you need to do. But for others, it's like totally not obvious at all. Or just like, is this for real? I don't know. Like the running one. Oh, the running. Yeah. The running one, I didn't understand at all. Actually, I was just like, do I need to click the button or do you need to hold the button down or whatever? I mean, the thing is like, there's no score for the running one. Like, I think the running one like genuinely doesn't matter. So it was fine. But yeah, I, I agree. I had no idea what I was meant to do with the running one. I, I particularly liked the one at the aquarium where you have to stop penguins from escaping. Not because it was actually fun to play, but just because it was so ridiculous. It's like, block that penguin. And you've got to like shoot hands out to like, push penguins back and then after a while suddenly it becomes bribe that child and you've got to throw money at this kid because you know the premise is you're chaperoning a field trip and one of the children breaks into the penguin enclosure to try and liberate the penguins and then you convince the kid that no they shouldn't do this and they should they should leave the penguin enclosure with you but they'll only do it for 20 bucks so you have to first block the penguins from escaping and then bribe the child I thought it was funny. <laughs> Probably because I didn't see it coming. How, how do you bribe the child? How's that a game? How is bribing a child a game? Should we just run over with some money? Well, because no, it's, it's done in the style of the game. So first off, you know, there's block the penguin and you're shooting at hands to push the penguins back. And then when it becomes bribe that child, you're just throwing wads of money instead. <laughs> and then if you miss and hit a penguin, the penguins are just holding like dollar bills in their beaks and you've got to hit the kid to give them enough money. And then the kid like jumps up and down and is like, you know, pumping their fists in the air full of money once you get them. It's fun. It's variety. It was unexpected. It was unexpected.
let's talk about your character. Yeah. So, at the start of the game, there's build that dad, and you have to make an avatar for yourself. And I initially started making a character look kind of like me, but then I felt that would be kind of weird and depressing. What name? What name did you give him? What when it when it looked like me? Yes. Yeah, I started naming it like me too, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I think it'll be. Oh, I think I'll feel weird about it. You called yourself Sir Michael. <laughs> or Mikey. Mikey. First Mickey, name, last name. Anyway, I went back and made, I made like the aspirational me instead of the real me. So I made some... What the hell is aspirational, you? Are you not already aspirational? <laughs> to myself. No, I, I made some thin, athletic, ginger-haired guy in a kitten suit called the- Carter Owo. 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 You know the whole Owo thing? <laughs> Maybe you don't know the whole Owo thing. Anyway, yeah. Carter Owo. Ginger hair. Kitten suit. Cat mouth. <laughs> piercings. <laughs> How about you? I've created myself, but a more ridiculous version of myself. A more pouty, moody, annoyed, heart lips. I called him Benjamin Giles. What is the etymology of Benjamin Giles? Where did that come from? It seemed like a really straight name. <laughs> a really straight name? You do realise what game you're playing. <laughs> I know, but I don't know. I chose a very straightforward name. A straight name. I do mean straight in that, yes. In <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that's, the, that's the fascinating question, right? Did you, did you mean it in that sense or not? I did. Is it possible to have a gay name? <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm just saying. Probably. I mean, I suppose if you chose it for yourself, like if you changed your own name, which people do, then maybe you could pick one that was stereotypically one way or the other. I mean, I suppose Carter Owo is, well, Carter Owo doesn't really sound particularly straight or gay. It sounds kind of furry, but, well, just the Owo part. Carter, I think, was I channeling like Carter Pugerschmidt from Family Guy? I don't even know why I was doing that. Should we move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) enough of this silliness. Yes, let's move on. So, which dads did we choose? And how far did you get with each one? So, I actually went on every date with every dad. Like, I actually have every achievement on this game apart from getting 18 holes in one on the golf mini game because that's just ridiculous <laughs> so i actually have been on every date with every dad and i also got the secret ending as well which i looked up how to do in a guide like there's no way i would have figured that out on my own what is the secret ending escape from the margarita zone basically in the game's code where people you know there must be people who know exactly how the game works because people did go data mining in the game and discover there was another ending for joseph so you know joseph i think we're going to talk about him some more in a bit because he was one of your picks but he's quite a wholesome character but in in this secret ending he is secretly trying to resurrect some eldritch god from the sea and yes he's dating you but really this elder god feeds on the anguish of dads 
So he kidnaps you and ties you up in the basement and he's going to sacrifice you to his children, which are not really his children, but just vessels of the Elder God. And then Mary frees you. Okay. And then he's devoured by his inverted commas children and a hot detective instead offers to date you. So it's a really weird ending. Hot, hot male detective. Yeah. Well, I, I say hot. I mean, it's a matter of taste, right? But hot for Mike. Probably hot, hot for Ting. No, no, no. I can tell that. I can tell that he's meant to be a hot male character. He's like another one of the dad type characters, right? He's like he's another gay love interest for you. Okay. So yeah, that's the secret ending. But it shows that the game was going to go in another direction, perhaps at some point in development, and there was no way to reach it, but it was still in the game files. And then, as part of the dad director's cut, they put in a way to reach this ending. But it's very specific. Like, you have to make a particular avatar and give them a particular name. And then it will let you reach this ending. Okay. But, anyway, what else did I do? So, I went on all the dates with all the dads. I also slept with Robert on the first night which put me into kind of some bad dad, naughty list. And then after that, you can't actually date Robert. So what does, the, wait, what does bad dad, naughty list mean? Amanda thinks you, you're a bad dad? Well, no, no I, you just get an achievement called bad dad. Okay. And Amanda doesn't comment on it particularly. But if you try and choose Robert to go on a date with him, he'll just ignore you. Or he'll just randomly contact you and want to sleep with you but he doesn't want any kind of relationship he's just you know you're just his friend with benefits and that's it if you choose to sleep with him on the first night so i actually had to start the game again to do the robert dates and i did that right at the end so my my actual choices you know the order in which i went through them damien craig matt joseph brian hugo and then finally redid it with robert but robert was your first choice yeah, he just seems so brooding and cool. But then actually he's kind of, yeah, difficult character. I'm not sure that was a good idea. But that's, I think all the characters are slightly like that. I do think all the characters have some message that they're trying to portray, or they're like a particular stereotype or something. Yeah, and, and there is this whole Robert, Mary, Joseph relationship triangle going on. I think they're probably the ones with the deepest characterization. But let's talk about your first... Uh, let's know, how did you play this? Did you just go through all three dates with one of the dads and that was it? And then you just said, let's move on to the next one? Or did you date each dad at the same time? I, I was just doing what I felt like, honestly. What did you feel like? So I, feel like? I just... I think I did one date with Damien, one date with Craig, one date with Matt. And then second date, Damien, Craig. And then then I think I did third date with Damien, third date with Craig. And then I went... After that, I was more systematic, I think. And I just went bang, bang, bang and went through all the others. Just to see them. Okay, so Damien really was your first choice. Yeah, I couldn't really say why, honestly. Just goths are cool, I think. And then actually there was... 
something I found funny about Damien, which is his, you know, Damien's shocking secret is that he's actually an IT sysadmin. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> he saw through it. Yeah, that's right. It's like, I knew I felt some affinity there. Not that I'm a sysadmin, but you, you know what I mean? Like he, he has a boring office job in IT. So he's not really a cool vampire goth. Well, I mean, he is that too. But, you know, he's, he, he's like, his like emotional revelation where he's being really vulnerable to you is just like, can you accept me when I'm being boring and working in IT or volunteering at the dog shelter and I'm not a cool Victorian, you know, goth? And you're like, yeah, fine. <laughs> also, Damien is apparently trans, but that is... I think there's just some subtle references in there that you'd only pick up on if you were looking for it or if you read it in a guide later on. You're like, oh, because there's some references to him buying a binder or wearing a binder. He just seems so difficult in that shop. Maybe that was what attracted me to him, him crushing fools. <laughs> you call this a Victorian... <laughs> This is clearly Edwardian. Yeah, I don't know. You would be fighting that battle. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a coward in real life. I'm just like, oh, you gave me the wrong coffee. It's fine. I'll drink it. This is just as good. Okay. Who did you pick? I chose Joseph, the youth minister. He's so wholesome. This probably shouldn't surprise me that... <laughs> wholesome ting would pick wholesome joseph is he so wholesome he cheats on his wife you know yeah well the activities were wholesome though at least the wholesome bake sale the wholesome youth disco <laughs> the the yacht <laughs> the the sex yacht <laughs> yeah, a bit less wholesome there the yeah. adultery sex yacht yes very good, but it was it was so interesting because I'm there with the youth I'm there with the youth minister. We're baking and we're flirting, and I, that caught me off guard. That escalated very quickly. I felt, but I thought the the writing was quite good. I mean, at no point do I think, oh, this is terrible. No, this is cringeworthy. I was not cringing. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the flirting, and he was my first choice for a lot of the time, and then. There's a revelation where, actually, is it revealed in the game that he cheated on Mary with Robin? Or did I read that somewhere and I ruined it for myself? Uh, I think you probably read that somewhere because I think you can only find that out if you have gone on dates with Robert and Joseph. So maybe I felt guilty for Mary because Mary's given me the evils. She's, am I walking back with her from the bar? Yeah, that happens. Yeah, so I dropped Joseph for Craig. Oh, so you didn't go on the third date with Joseph? Not initially, but it was just too compelling. I needed to know what was going on. Okay. And then I also wanted to talk about one of the side activities. I guess you did them all? Yeah, I did them all. So the art tour, the walk was quite fun, I thought. And it made me think back to how it was weird when you had to socialise in groups. When people are so diverse. When people... Is this like at university or like yeah. when you first moved to a new city or something? Yeah, both, yeah. And you want to... You know, you've got 
Hugo, who is it Hugo? Obviously, it's the teacher, isn't it? Yeah, it's Hugo. And then who else is there? It's Joseph, isn't it? He just wants to enjoy the cheese and wine. <laughs> yes, yeah, miniature cheese and wine. And I thought it was quite fun. You know, you have to commit to a side, whether you like it or not. You have to commit to your side and reveal your identity to the world somehow. And you have to decide who you want to be. I thought like, that was quite true to life, I thought. And you can comment that all the paintings look like butts. <laughs> yes. And you have to really, you know, that's a real, I think that's a real life dilemma. I don't know if you've ever come across that. You can find a way to appreciate the wine and cheese, the butts, and also appreciate the, the art in a, you know, in, this, in a respectful way. I guess this is like if you go on random meetups, like on meetup.com or whatever, right? Like I, I still go to this retro gaming meetup and there's quite a stable set of people who go but you you do get like new faces and it is interesting like where they fall on the spectrum of like oh i'm so hardcore i you know i only buy like original hardware or something and then you get other people who are like oh yeah the ps2 is so retro you know and i'm like the ps2 is like a grown-up console oh, i don't know this is an age thing yeah so I don't know, you're right. I think the game did capture it quite well. The feeling of awkward socialising as an adult. Yes. It's terrible. It's too true to life. I quite enjoyed it. I have missed it. It's it's because you're too much like a real dad now, right? You just don't go... Actually, to be honest, no one's going outside now. Let's be honest. No one's going outside. But, you know... It wouldn't have made a difference if there was no coronavirus i would still be doing the same things as i'm doing now yeah you know even pre-corona you were sensible ting go to work go back home hang out with your family but even before coronavirus mike was also reckless like he is now (laughs) what what are you trying to say you sleep at 3am regardless yeah well, that's my own problem. Okay, let's go back to Craig, the old friend. Yeah, well, we both picked Craig, right? Then as second choice. He's so comforting. I quite like him. He was very positive. He, was, he wasn't like... Bro. Oh, yeah, okay, maybe bro. <laughs> what did they... Keg stand. Keg stand Craig. Keg yeah. stand Craig. Party animal. Smashly. Maybe this says says it all, really. Everyone just wants someone normal. Who can do a kickstand <laughs> and drink a jar of marinara sauce for dinner. But that's not what he's doing anymore. To, to be fair, this probably is kind of normal at, at university. <laughs> but I really struggled. So in the second day, you need to find Rivers... I can't say the word because I've never said it. Arnold the Stuffed Capybara. I, I totally failed in this task. And I, I'm going to blame this for... Why my relationship flopped with Craig? Wait, it flopped. I don't know what what I don't know what the good ending or bad ending is. I just assumed I got the bad ending because he said. Wait, oh wait, wait. This is fascinating. Now this is some insight into how the game works. So wait, what happened with Craig? He said no. He's got things to sort out. Really? Well, I think we've just answered the question from the first section of the podcast. Then, so I guess maybe your performance in the early days does have an impact because I did find the capybara, and. Craig and Carter were totally dating, you know, oh. when I finished the Craig storyline. 
So I think that's what went wrong because the last date was quite good, I thought. We got, must be in an S. Oh, so you didn't find the capybara? No, I didn't. The capybara is actually being torn apart by Joseph's demon children. <sighs> if you find them deep in the woods and they're dissecting it. Nightmare. I guess Craig is the most conventional character. Like Craig is like the stereotypical, like hot single parent or something. Like he's a really good father to his kids and he's like he works out and he's super buff. Like there's there's nothing really super weird or wrong about Craig. He's a bit tied to his work, but that's normal as well. And he coaches the kids' baseball team. Little league softball, yeah. Yeah. He's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. So comforting. He's safe. He's like home. Yeah. Yeah. All the other characters are like edgier, I think. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know about the other characters. It just seemed like I, I did have one date with Matt. He just seemed too cool. Yeah. Matt is cool. I mean, like, I guess to give the super high level summary of each. Matt is cool but tortured after the loss of his wife and he you know he he loves music but he can't play again and then your supportiveness of him lets him like refine that spark and perform in public and he loves it and etc. Brian is all about like one upping each other but it actually it's all in your head and Brian's just trying to be a nice guy or a good guy and you're interpreting that as like you need to one up him but actually he doesn't care about one upping you so that's like you getting over your like masculinity complex. Hugo, Hugo's the highbrow teacher who secretly loves WWE wrestling. That was cool. And when he admits that, you know, everything works out better for both of you. And, and even like at school, you know, he's worried that the kids won't respect him, but they respect him more when they find out. And then finally, Robert, who is this... I don't know how to feel about Robert because he's kind of like, he's kind of cool, but he's also kind of like the worst guy like he's he's kind of super selfish and it's all about him and that's why he ended up being estranged from his daughter and you know you help him well his good ending you help him to be less selfish and he reconnects with his daughter i think his bad ending is kind of closer to the sleep with him on the first date scenario to be honest but i didn't see that because i used to guide it's okay. You had done what you needed to do anyway. <laughs> oh, just one more thing. Hugo's audio quality was so bad. I don't know what, you know, like, maybe it's just because I've been editing this podcast too long, but like, what the, what was the deal with Hugo's audio quality? It sounded like he was recording in like, he was too far from the mic, right? The rest of them were all fine. Although actually all they, were, all they say is like, hey, hey. Bro, bro. <laughs> but it didn't bother you enough not to date him. I mean, he was one of the last ones I picked, probably because of that reason.
final thoughts. We haven't mentioned the music, but I need to mention the music. I thought it was fun. It worked. You know, when you said it's a, you said saccharin. I mean, I haven't said it yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> it fits. Dream. I can't say <laughs> this theme song. Yeah. The music is pretty good. It does fit pretty well. And they've also got that song by uh, Pup. I think it's DVP. I actually quite like that too. Like that's when you go on the date with Matt. I thought the writing was good. I quite enjoyed the how punny it got. Oh yeah, it really leans into dad tropes. So there are very many dad jokes and very many like dad puns. Like there's the great bit, of course, where you know Amanda goes, "Oh, I'm hungry," and then you're like, "Hey, hungry? I'm dad," and she's like, "No." <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I agree. I the writing was on the whole good. And originally, I planned only to finish with one dad, but Joseph's storyline was so compelling, I had to see what was going on. So that was quite cool. Good. Good. You see, you have to do the book club game justice, right? And I do have one more question. Do all the endings propose a relationship? All the good endings? So I think other than Robert and Joseph, they do. Like, I think all of the other ones, yeah, you're dating that dad and you're in a relationship with that other dad. Robert, his good ending, he's like, I need some space. I need to try and reconnect with my daughter. And then Joseph, Joseph, his good ending, he he's like, no, I need to try and make it work with Mary for the sake of the kids. What's the bad ending then for Joseph? The bad ending for Joseph is... I'm going to stick with Mary for the sake of the kids, but that's just to keep up appearances. We can date in secret. And and your character is just like, hell no. (laughs) Like, I'm not doing that. No, so maybe I did get the good ending with Joseph. Yeah. I mean, I guess they couldn't make the good ending you breaking up a marriage. Like, I suppose that would be too... Well, that's not very saccharine, is it? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good ending. It's a good choice that they made. I mean, I have I have a lot of final thoughts. Sorry. I'll go for it. I mean, you know, we talked about the writing. You know, like, things I liked about this game. I mean, despite it being called Dream Daddy and a gay dad dating simulator, I didn't think it was, like, super stereotypically focusing on the characters being gay, if you see what I mean. Like, the characters were just characters... And they had their own stories and backstories and whatever. And it wasn't that like, well, it, I guess it's because the whole game is a gay dad dating simulator, but it wasn't like, this is the gay one. You know, this character is the gay character, which I thought was good. Because I, I feel like in a lot of games, there's either just the gay character who is just really stereotypically gay, or there's a just as like token gayness, like... You know, to give examples of where this has been done badly, I feel like, you know, in Overwatch, they just said, oh, Tracer is gay. And it's just like, really? 
you know, are you, is this just because you wanted to have like a cool lesbian character because you thought it would improve your diversity score or something? I mean, maybe maybe there's loads of Overwatch lore that I'm unfamiliar with and this is done really well. But when I saw like headlines going, oh, Tracer is gay, I was just like, this is just really token. Like, I don't think this is great at all, but whatever. But then like conversely, you've got other cases like in Mass Effect, I think they actually have quite well-written gay characters relatively. And it's it's not just, oh, we made this character gay for you. It's like, this is an actual gay character. Steve Cortez, for example. So I don't, I don't look out for it. You're right, it doesn't focus on the gay aspect. And it never felt forced. And I viewed these dads as straight until the very last moment when they weren't. But that's really... Well, my- that is actually another point I was going to make. Right, so on like negative points of this game, I do feel like it was kind of unbelievable how you can just be in a gay relationship with any of these dads who are kind of straight. So, you know, some of them it is quite believable, right? Like, I do think, you know, we mentioned already like Joseph. I think Joseph was the first character they wrote. And I think Joseph is one of the most developed, like the, the triangle with him and Mary and, and Robert. Because there is this backstory about how Joseph on the surface appears to be this very proper, you know, cool youth minister involved in the church, whatever. But he cheated on Mary with Robert, right? So him having, you know, this gay thing on the side with you and then his bad ending being him secretly cheating on Mary with you, you know, I would say that is consistent with his character and like, fine, that kind of makes sense. But some of the others, there's just like no indication at all that they're not completely straight. And then just because you've chosen them to go on three dates, they become gay for you. It's like, this is kind of unbelievable. I don't think reality works like this. But it's a game, which you'll but, say. But, but it's a gay dating fantasy game. Yes, I know. So I don't know how they could have written that better. Or maybe they couldn't have written it better. Like maybe they tried it and then they felt that they were just falling too much on stereotypes. And then they were just like, you know what? It's a game. Let's just have magical thinking. Let's just write good characters and then you can you can date them and be in a relationship with them, whatever. And, you know, maybe maybe that was the right choice. You know, like, I don't know what the other iterations of this game were like, but they clearly thought this one was the best one and I have no reason to doubt, you know, that it was. Because I I do think originally this game was meant to be kind of a joke from what i can tell from like the wikipedia history it sounded like they saw hatterful boyfriend and decided that they wanted to make a joke game about gay dads dating and it was going to be some yeah sweaty porno game or something (laughs) like you know what we've got now is definitely better than that right like they didn't lean too hard on offensive stereotypes etc 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 so, yeah, in the end, I don't know, in the end, I think it's less about sleeping with the other gay dads and more about social aspects and relationships and so on. So I did enjoy it for that. You know, it's it's really feels kind of true, the bits about 
what it's like to try and make friends as an adult, like make new friends as an adult. And you'll have to comment to me about how realistic it is juggling parenthood and social responsibilities. Because obviously I have no children, so I can do whatever. Whereas, you know, you are a sensible dad. These dads did a lot of socializing, it felt. Yeah, you're it's true. You're probably like, this is totally unrealistic. They'd never go and drink wine and eat tiny cheese. Mary and Joseph, they're just who is who's really doing the the babysitting with Mary and Joseph? <laughs> yeah, this is true actually. Because Mary seems to be out drinking constantly and they seem to be constantly losing their fourth child, Krish. Which I I, I I gotta say, I found it absolutely hilarious that the fourth child was called Krish. This will mean nothing to anybody but my family who don't probably even listen to this podcast, but it's literally a running family joke. The name Krish. My mum once wrote a Christmas card to a neighbour called Chris, but wrote Krish. And that's all it took. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm going into this detail. Let's move on. And the other dads are single. They're single dads. And they're also doing a lot of socialising. I guess their kids are older. Not that much older, though. They do allude to Amanda cleaning up in babysitting money. So maybe Amanda's doing the babysitting? Maybe there can be an amazing sequel of Babysitting Simulator, which is set in the same universe as Dream Daddy. But what, what, what's the aim of the game? What are the endings? I haven't thought this far ahead. I'm, look, I'm just an ideas guy, right? Your execution. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just pulled, Leave the kids I just out pulled of it. that out Leave of the kids arms. out of it. Leave the kids out of it. You should do Care Home Simulator. Is this like a management sim game? No, you build relationships with the, the residents. And you pick your favourite resident. Oh, this sounds very wholesome. Unless, unless you want to go in the dark turn of, and then try and get added to their will. There you go. Sorry, I don't, I don't know why. Where did I go there? Well, that's the good and the, there's a good and the bad ending there. It's, all, it's, it's perfect. Right, Kickstarter next week. So how do we close? Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah, I was curious about this game because it did get quite a lot of press at the time. And honestly, I'm not sure I would ever have quite got around to it if not for it being the book club game. But I'm glad I played it. It was fun. It's good to play things you wouldn't necessarily have picked for yourself. Broaden your horizons. Now, going from something we wouldn't have picked for ourselves to something, to something we that definitely I'm... would have picked. <laughs> Go on then. To something... To something that not only do I pick for myself, but... I tried to force all my friends to play, even though they'd rather play something else. For the next book club game, we're choosing Call of Duty Warzone. Why are we choosing this? Because I want to know why you've completed three of the battle passes. I want to know what's so good about this game. I, don't, I want to know what's going on with you. What's, what's so compelling? Why are you compelled, obligated, driven? Yeah, I, I think this will be an interesting one to talk about because 
number one, it's like a freebie, right? I'm playing it anyway. So it's not like it will be... Well, actually, it's not like it will be a huge time sink. Actually, it's already a massive time sink. I play this game way more than I should do. But there's no story. There probably is a story, but I don't care about it, surprisingly. It's all mechanics, execution, and yeah, why am I playing this game so much? I myself don't really know the answer. So I will try and introspect and understand and understand why for next time. And you will also be playing, right? I'll keep playing. You're going to play and try and understand why it's so good. Oh, we're going to play together. That's going to be interesting. Have we played together? I think we already have played together. But this was in a time when Mike didn't know what to do, nor did I. But now Mike is a monster. Yeah, You know, like how artists have different periods. Like, you know, we had Picasso's blue period, right? So there was Michael's hiding period. And now there's Michael's try and hunt down everyone and be number one period. Yeah, I, I've become like some super sweaty Chad gamer where I'm like, get the bounty contract, pick up the king. I'm going to be the king. Yeah, I'm the most wanted. Come and get me. I'm actually not that good. But I'm better than I was. Anyway, so for next time, play some Call of Duty Warzone. It's free, except your internet bandwidth because it's like 200 gigs. Farcical, but worth it. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club on twitter at lostlevelsclub on twitch as lostlevelsclub anything else reddit slash r slash lostlevelsclub so michael what are you grateful for i am grateful for westworld season two because like this is like really old news now but i have a subscription to hbo go now and i've just been watching westworld season two is it really good it's really good it's so good wow and there's season three already i can just roll straight into that is it picard good (laughs) is picard good is you trolling me (laughs) It's, it's so much better than picard i'm sorry it's so much better than picard like picard Picard was good because I just wanted more Star Trek, but it was just an epic. By the end of Picard, I was just like, I was just deluding myself. This is terrible. Whereas, maybe I'm deluding myself again, but I'm still in a delusional phase. I like this. I think it's really good so far. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>